I was guilty with nothing to say. And they were coming to take me away. But then a voice from heaven was heard that said, Let him go, take me instead. And I should have been crucified. I should have suffered and died. I should have hung on the cross in disgrace. But Jesus, God's Son, took my place. Crown of thorns, the spear deep in his side. And the pain should have been mine. The rusty nails were meant for me. Oh, yet Christ took them and let me go free. And I should have been crucified. I should have suffered and died. I should have hung on the cross in disgrace. But Jesus, God's Son, took my place. All right, thank you, Mrs. Hoover. Take your Bibles and turn to the book of Philippians. The book of Philippians. Flip over to Philippians. How about that? The book of Philippians, right after the book of Ephesians. The book of Philippians. Philippians and... Then Colossians, but Philippians is sandwiched in between Ephesians and Colossians, the book of Philippians. And uh, we're going to look at a few verses there. Again, it's good to be here with you tonight, and it's my prayer that God will uh, give you something tonight that will help you and be a blessing. Boy, you're getting ready for the revival, meeting starting Sunday. Boy, man, be prayed up, you know. Go into the thing on fire, and man, God will bless it even, even more of a tremendous way. And so, uh, man, be praying, praying for the evangelist, praying, and you know, get your, you know, I, I think we, a lot of times we drag into these kinds of meetings, man, like we're on our last leg and hoping, oh man, I hope the, the evangelist can do something to help me. You can get help before the evangelist ever gets here, amen. Just get with God, get prayed up, get confessed up, man, get things right, and you can be on fire when the meeting starts. Then God can just build on that and do even greater things. So, uh, and I wish I could be here with you, but uh, I, I, I'll be in, in other places. But Philippians chapter 1, we're going to start with us pray. Father, we thank you for another opportunity to preach, God. And God, I pray that you'll bless the preaching of the word of God, uh, Lord, and I pray that, Lord, we'll benefit from it, Lord. Help us as we look at the word of God and see what you have for us, Lord. And uh, Lord, help us to apply it to our own lives, God, and uh, help us tonight. Holy Spirit, have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Philippians, we're going to read several passages. The first one is in Philippians chapter 1. And verse number four, it says there always and in every prayer of mine for you, all making requests with joy. In verse number 25, it says, and having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you all for your furtherance and joy of faith. Now flip over to chapter two. Chapter two and verse number two says, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. And then in verse 17 of chapter 2, it says, yea and, I be, yea, and if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I joy and rejoice with you all. And in verse 18, for the same cause also do ye joy and rejoice with me. And then all the way over to 
chapter 4 and verse number 1. It says, Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved, and long for my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. Now tonight I'm going to talk to you, if you, if you haven't figured it out already, I'm going to talk to you about joy in the Christian life. Joy in the Christian life. Now the word joy is used uh, at least six times in, in, in the book of Philippians. And, and now that doesn't include another 11 times that the word rejoice is used in the book. And it's obvious as we look at this passage of scripture and these, and these various passages with, with reference to joy and rejoicing that the apostle Paul had some joy. And, and, and not only did he have joy, but he desired for these Philippians also that they would have joy. And, and he also uh, desires, or uh, God desires that you and I also have joy. You see, the Christian life was never meant to be just some humdrum, dead, dry thing that we kind of endure. God intends for the Christian life to be a life of joy. Now, Christian, ask yourself a question tonight. Do I have joy? Is my Christian life characterized by this thing of joy? And I think there's so many Christians who either have no joy or, or at some point lost their joy. But, but I want to tell you something tonight. God wants you to have joy. Joy, Christian. Uh, the, the Christian life should be full of joy. Amen. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. And I ask you tonight, Christian, do you have joy unspeakable and full of glory? As I look at some of you, it doesn't look like you have much joy. Some of you don't even look like you're glad to be here tonight. Did somebody put a gun to some of y'all's head and make you come to church tonight? Good gravy, man. Boy, you ought to be excited to be in the house of God tonight. Amen. To, to sing God's songs and be among God's people. Amen. I want to tell you something. You, boy, that ought to just make you feel good right there. Amen. God wants us to have joy over and over and over and over in the book. Uh, Paul refers to joy and rejoicing and joy and rejoicing. Why? Because God wants us to have joy. And my question to you tonight, Christian, is do you have it? Do you have it? Amen. Not asking if you're saved. I'm asking you saved people. Do you have joy? Because that's what God intends for you and I to have. Truth is, and I, we, we could call the book of, of, of Philippians the book of joy, and we'd be correct. We could call the apostle Paul the apostle of joy, and we'd be correct. Yet, my friend, does joy characterize your life and my life? That's, that's really the question. There's no question whether or not Paul had joy. There's no question whether or not God desires for us to have joy. The question is tonight, do you have real joy, real joy in your Christian life? You ought to have it. I'm going to look at some things tonight, four things really. We're going to look at, first of all, the meaning of joy. Secondly, we're going to look at the need for joy. Thirdly, we're going to look at the sources of joy. And, and, and then fourthly, we're going to look at the maintenance of joy. The maintenance of joy. Let's look at, first of all, the meaning of joy. What, what, what does the Bible mean by joy? Well, if you look the word up, uh, by definition, the word means cheerfulness. It means a calm delight or gladness. Now ask yourself a question tonight, you teenagers. You know, I know, you know, the thing, you know, when you're a teenager is to be cool. Man, you don't want to show any emotion, act like you're excited about the things of God. After all, that wouldn't be cool. Amen. And, 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 I, and I guess the same way with adults. You know, man, I'm a fundamentalist. I'm not supposed to be excited. Well, let me ask you, why not? Come on. Huh? 
cheerfulness. Man, a lot. Do you know that you walk through this world and people are so, man, I, we, we're taking, I was taking the kids candy selling. I went to this one professional building and I took Cher in there. And, and as, and as I was coming out, she was still in there. There's a lady at the door dancing and she went, Ugh. oh, I just wanted them days where well, I just feel like going up to an empty building with a machine gun and going, it's one of them days. I said, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I want to tell you something, friend. That's about the way the world is. Frustrated, discouraged, downhearted, sad, disgusted. That is the average for the world. But you know what's really sad? When, when Christians are that way. Christian, listen to me. Uh, the Bible says uh, to the, that there is no peace to the wicked. The Bible says that the way of transgressors is hard. Listen, God says that, that lost people will live that way. They don't have any other way to live. They're without hope, without God in this world. How else are they going to live? But isn't it sad that saved people who are on their way to heaven who have Christ living in them, who have the Holy Spirit living in them, whose citizenship is in heaven, who have the Bible and all the promises, who have everything that God uh, 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 is and, and, and everything that God desires at their disposal for Christians to walk around sad and discouraged and, and despondent. We have no business discouraged and despondent. We have no business downhearted. You say, I don't know my circumstances. You don't know my circumstances. I don't care what your circumstances are. God says, you and I are to have joy. And you ought to want some joy, amen? Cheerfulness. A calm delight, man. Even in the traffic jam. Amen? Even when you go to the mailbox expecting to get a check in the mail and all there is is another bill. Still got that calm delight. A gladness. Man, a cheerfulness. You know, there is just something contagious about a cheerful person. Man, they're smiling, they're singing. Boy, you know, we need more singing Christians. You know that? Now, I'm not talking about people that with beautiful voices. I'm talking about Christians who just got a song in their heart. And then you see them walking down the street or walking in the office and they just, and then they're just singing, you know, making melody in their heart to the Lord. You know, the world will think you're nuts. They'll also know you got something that they don't have. Amen. Amen. Joy, friend. Cheerfulness. Calm delight, a gladness. Let me tell you something about it. First of all, it is un, it is inward, you see. Joy is first of all inward. It's in the heart, you see. But yet, my friends, it manifests itself outwardly. You believe that? I mean, you believe that? Raise your right hand. Look at uh, uh, Proverbs chapter 15, verse 13. Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 13. Now, normally I wouldn't have you turn to it. I'm just going to have you turn to it to wake some of you up. Some of you about to go to sleep. I'm, I'm talking about joy. Some of you about to go to sleep. <clears throat> I was just going to say joy. Proverbs chapter 15. Joy chapter 15. Amen. amen. <laughs> verse 13. Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 13. Look what the Bible says. I, I told you that joy is inward in the heart, but it manifests itself outwardly. Look at what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 13. A merry heart. What kind of heart? Talk to me. Merry. A merry heart. Amen. What does it do? Amen. A merry heart maketh a what? Cheer for what? Countenance, amen. That means, listen to me, when you've got joy in your heart, listen, folks can see it on your face. Amen. When you have real joy in your heart, my friend, you can't hide it. It bubbles over. Man, it's coming out your pores. It's coming out your eyeballs. It's coming out your ear sockets. It's all over you. Amen. It makes a cheerful countenance. 
you have a cheerful countenance that radiates with the joy of the Lord. Man, oh man, oh man. That is what's needed in our homes. That's what's needed in the school. That's what's needed on your job. A Christian with joy that's bubbling over on the inside and is radiating in their countenance. That's what the Bible says we're supposed to have. It's inward in the heart, but it manifests itself outwardly. Not only is joy inward, but it's also independent. It's independent of any adverse circumstances. Listen to me tonight. Real joy. I'm not talking about happiness. Happiness is when you get that unexpected check in the mail. Happiness is when something just happens. You know, that's where you get the word happiness. Happens. Something just happens. Some fortunate things happen. And you think, woohoo, boy, this is great. And you know, that's all right. Nothing wrong with that. But don't mistake that for joy. Some of you tonight would be a whole lot happier if you walked outside and got ready to get in your car and there's a hundred dollar bill laying on by the door. In fact, all of us would be a lot happier. But that wouldn't give you a bit more joy. Huh? Because truth of the matter is, we could just as well walk out the door and all the wheels are going off the car. I wouldn't be happy about that. But it ought not affect my joy. You say, you're talking crazy. No, I'm talking Bible. Real joy is not affected by the circumstances. And some of us, we live by our circumstances. If things are going well, then we're all right. If things are going bad, then we're down in the dumps. Hey, get over that kind of life. That's not the Christian life. That's not the victorious life. You'll never have victory that way. You'll never be what God wants you to be that way. Rise above it, my friend. Mount up on wings like eagles. Run and not be weary. Walk and not faint. Forget the circumstances. Now, to say that, I'm not saying, you know, sometimes people give you the idea that, oh, it doesn't matter, you know, if you're sick. Oh, man, you're sick, you're sick. If you're hurting, you're hurting. And if your heart's broken, it's broken. Well, let me tell you something. God is saying that we can have real joy in spite of all of that. Doesn't mean you never shed a tear. Doesn't mean that you'll never have any discouragement or no bad things happen. But listen to me, real joy transcends that. Man, it it it, it buoys you up, you see, and enables you to float. Man, when the sea is tempestuous. Oh, man. Look at what the Bible says in a little book called Habakkuk. One of the minor prophets. Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Nahum, Habakkuk. I think that's right. I'm a preacher. I ought to know, shouldn't I? Well, some of you didn't even know Habakkuk was in the Bible. I'm doing better than some of you. But it's in there, one of the minor prophets, a little book called Habakkuk. See, I got it already. Habakkuk. 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 Look at the book of Habakkuk. And chapter 3 of Habakkuk. I told you that real joy is a cheerfulness, is a calm delight, it's a gladness. But it's inward and it manifests itself outwardly. But it's also independent of all adverse circumstances. Habakkuk chapter 3 and verse number 17. Notice what the Bible says in Habakkuk 3 and verse 17. Notice these are adverse circumstances. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines. The labor of the olive shall fail and the field shall have no meat. Hey, man alive, the flock shall be cut off from the fall and there shall be no herd in the stall. Man, that sounds like bad circumstances. All my planning, all my planning, all my work and labor I put into the flocks, into the herds, into into my crops, and it all failed. Oh, man, the average one of us would be ready to throw in the towel at that point. Not Habakkuk, because Habakkuk had real joy. Look at what he says in verse 18. In spite of all that, he says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. 
I will joy in the God of my salvation. All right. So I saw, so, so the circumstances all point to, to failure and defeat and all that. But look, I'm, I don't find joy in the circumstances. I find joy in my God. Yet will I rejoice, he says, not in the things, not in the uh, circumstance. I rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Man. In the Lord, friends, we always have something to rejoice about. In the Lord, we always have something to joy in. Don't joy in circumstances. Don't joy in a good job. Don't rejoice in those things. Sure, those things are nice, but friend, find your joy in the Lord. He'll never let you down. The crops may fail, but Jesus never fails. He never fails. He'll never fail you. He'll never fail you. Real joy is inward. Real joy is independent. And real joy should be uninterrupted. In Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. Turn quickly. Chapter 4. Philippians. And verse number four, notice what the Bible says in Philippians four and verse four, rejoice in the Lord sometimes. No, that's only if you got one of them perverted Bibles, so-called fake Bibles, it might say that. By the way, if you got one of them, what? just trash that thing go ahead and go buy you a, a real Bible. A King James Bible. If you don't have a King James Bible, whatever you got is a phony, is a fraud. Throw it away. Don't give it to anybody. Don't sell it. Throw it away and go get you a real Bible. That's free. That is not even part of the message. It's just a little side excursion. Somebody in here maybe needed that. Rejoice, verse 4, in the Lord always, always, and again, I say rejoice. In First Thessalonians 5 and verse 16, I believe it is, he says, rejoice evermore. It should be uninterrupted. Listen, we shouldn't be up and down. We shouldn't be joyful today. <laughs> I like that song the kids say, uh, devil, uh, devil, what's it now? Lord wants everybody happy. What's that? How's it going? Jesus wants everybody happy. Jesus wants everybody glad. Jesus wants everybody happy. Happy, happy. Ain't nothing more. Anybody say, but they don't want everybody sad. But look, everybody wants everybody. Hey, Amen. I'll get you guys up there. But isn't it true? And that devil wants you all down in the mouth and all pouty. Face and all pooch lipped and all that kind of stuff. And, and so, well, we're up here today. Down in the wall. Up here, down, up here, down, up here, down, up here, down. It's not the way you're supposed to live. Well, I'm gonna make you smile before this day is over. You sitting there with that little wooden face. You gonna smile, girl? Good gravy. It should be continuous, uninterrupted joy. What does joy mean? Cheerfulness. Man, all the time. Calm delight. The kids are running around. All that stuff. By the way, your kids shouldn't be running around anyway. You learn to spank them and discipline them. They won't run around and drive you nuts. Woohoo. Is it true? These kids never ran around the house making all kind of noise. I was trying to sleep and all that stuff. Say, what'd you do? Whip them? Spank them? And, and, and then what they do? They don't have to be quiet. You know, a spank is a good motivation for them to be quiet. Real good motivation. And they never drove, drove us nuts. They're not driving us nuts now. We're driving them nuts. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> hey I'm the nut driver, amen. Ain't nobody going to drive me nuts. Anybody get driven, I'm going to do the driving, amen. That's right. <laughs> The meaning of joy, a calmness, a cheerfulness, a calm delight, a gladness. Hey, Christian, do you have it tonight? I'm serious. Do you have joy? Wife, husband, grandma, whoever you are, do you have joy? 
joy. Amen. Oh, man. The need for joy. Why do we need joy? Say, Brother McCoy, you're doing all this ratting and raving and spinning. What are you talking? Why do we need it? I'm glad you asked. We need it because, first of all, without joy, we have no strength. We have no strength. Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 10 says, For this day is holy unto the Lord, unto our Lord. Neither be ye sorry, he says, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. If you have no joy tonight, you have no strength. You are a defeated, sorry, sad Christian. Why? Because you have no joy. Man, you show me a Christian with joy, and I'll show you a Christian that's living in victory, amen. Huh? You show me a Christian that has no joy, and I'll show you a defeated Christian, a weak Christian, who's not getting any victories in their lives, because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Take the joy away, and you take the strength Oh, wait, there's an interesting passage in a couple of passages in the Bible that, that illustrate this. Look at two passages here. First one's in Psalm chapter 8. Psalm chapter 8. God illustrates this perfectly. By the way, the best commentary on the Bible is the Bible. Amen. You read enough scripture, whatever questions you have, eventually the Bible will answer itself. And uh, Psalm 8, <clears throat> verses 1 and 2. Psalm 8, verses 1 and 2. Look what the Bible says. In Psalm 8, verse 1, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth, who has set thy glory above the heavens. Verse 2. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained. What's the word? Right. Come on, come on, everybody now. This is everybody. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast ordained. What? Strength because of the enemies that thou mightest steal the enemy and the avenger. Now, wait a minute. This is a passage that is quoted in the New Testament as Jesus made what they call the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. You remember that when he rode upon the donkey and all of that and then they were praising him. When he made the triumphal entry, this verse was quoted. Now, let's look at what it says then here in Matthew. Now, he says, has ordained what now? I want you, that's important. Ordain what? Strength, all right? Strength. Keep that in mind. Now turn to Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21. Sharon, where's your Bible? Oh, you borrowing it? Okay. Where's your Bible, son? Okay. All right. All right. Okay. I understand. Okay. Well, that's very generous. Okay. That's good. Yeah. All right. Matthew chapter 21. But you're about to get her skint alive, though, man. She never a Bible. You're about to get her. She, she's going to be executed right after the service. <laughs> but it's all right, though. That's good. Now, I just want to know, amen. And Matthew chapter 21. Look at Matthew chapter 21 and verse number 15. Matthew 21 and verse 15. And when the chief uh, priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did and the children crying in the temple and saying Hosanna to the son of God they were sore displeased now watch this and said unto him hearest thou what these say and Jesus said unto them yea have ye never read now wait a minute he was quoting Psalm 8 verse 2 have ye never read out of the mouth of babes and sucklings has thou perfected what what I thought he said in Psalm 8, has thou perfected what? Strength. But Jesus interprets that as what? Praise. Now somebody will say, oh, there's a contradiction in the Bible. Psalm 8 says, thou perfected strength. Jesus said, thou perfected praise. That's not a contradiction. Because you say, why? Because as far as God's concerned, strength and praise are the same thing. You show me a Christian that has praise to God in their heart and I'll show you a Christian that has strength and you show me a Christian that has no praise and that's a Christian that has no strength. God has said that strength and praise are the same thing. You going around all day. I'm not talking about this wild, crazy rolling on the floor and all this dead stuff. Man, you got praise to God in your heart. 
It's too much strength for him. He can't handle it, you see. Huh? Strength and praise. Oh, Christian, learn the secret of praising God and rejoicing in him. Huh? Why do we need joy? Because without it, we don't have any strength. Why do we need joy? Because without joy, our service for God is dead and dry and God is not pleased with it. Oh, you go teach that Sunday school class, but you're dead and dry. I want to tell you something. You're not doing half the job you could do and God's not pleased at all with it. You go soul winning. You go, uh, I don't care what it is. Even your giving. What kind of giver does God love, my friend? Tell me what kind he loves. Cheerful, amen. He loves a cheerful giver. I want to tell you something. He also. Hey, for some of us, you think that serving God is like being uh, chained to a ball and chain. It ought not be, I got to go to church. It ought to be, I get to go to church. It ought not be, I've got to teach my class. It ought to be, I get to teach the class. It's a joy, amen. Oh, man. Turn to Psalm 100. Oh, man, serving God, living for God. It ought to be a joy, friend. If not, you, you, all you got is a dry dead, so you may as well be in a Catholic church as far as your service is concerned. Just as dead, just as dry, just as meaningless. Psalm 100, look what it says in verse 1. Make a joyful noise. I'm glad he said noise. You don't have to have some melodious voice. God's not impressed with some beautiful voice. But God's looking for the joy, amen. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Look what it says, verse 2. Serve the Lord with, tell me. Gladness, amen. Gladness. Oh, for Christians who will be glad about serving God. Woo! We ought to be glad. Our children ought to see us gladly serving God. Gladly, gladly. Amen. We sing that song. There is joy in serving Jesus. Amen. There is, but we don't act like it. Woo-hoo. Hello. Y'all there? serve the Lord with gladness, come before his presence with singing, amen. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. He is he that had made us, and we are not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise, amen. Oh, joy. There's no substitute for it. Without it, Man, we can do all this stuff, and some of us, man, we, we do all the right things, and, and, and there's something to be said for that. Don't get me wrong, but boy, you know, it's, it's just like a marriage or something. Man, what is a marriage? Is, you know, all you do is you go to work, you pay the bills, you provide food and clothes and everything. There's no life in the marriage. There's no romance in the marriage. There's no sweetness in the marriage. I tell you what, that's a miserable marriage. But yet you can say, well, I pay the bills. I come home every night. I'm not fooling around anybody. I'm not doing anything like that. 
There's much more to the marriage than just paying the bills and, and being true. Now, those are, that's, that's wonderful. And boy, man, what about some life? <laughs> Yahoo, amen. What about some Yahoo at the marriage, amen? What's wrong with that? That's what makes the thing fun, amen? Come on, amen? Yes. And so it is, and even much more in our Christian life. Oh, man, without joy, we're, we're just dead. Man, don't be a, serve God, but don't do it in a dead, dry way. Do it with joy, with rejoicing. Meaning of joy, the need for joy. Let me give you four sources of joy very quickly. Do you know that there are sources of joy? And there may be more than this. I, I, I don't claim that this is all of them. But, but here are four dead, sure sources of joy where, where we can get joy from. And I'm thinking of another one, of course, our salvation. I don't even have this one on it. The Bible says that we, we draw uh, uh, with joy. We, we draw from the well of salvation. I mean, there's a tremendous joy from just being saved. And if you're not saved, you don't have joy. You can't have joy. It's impossible if you don't have joy if you're not saved. And I didn't even put that one down. I guess just looking at the fact that I'm talking to saved people. But, man, you ought to always be rejoicing in the fact that you're saved and on your way to heaven. But beyond that, the Bible says that we can get joy from soul winning. Look at Psalm 126. It's important to go soul winning, not only for the people that we reach, but it's also important for our own lives that we go soul winning on a regular basis. Psalm 126, verses 5 and 6. Look at Psalm 126, verses 5 and 6. What the Bible says there. In, in verse 5 of Psalm 126, it says, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. joy. Amen. Amen. It's cold, it's hot, it's raining, it's this or that. And, and from a human standpoint, a fleshly standpoint, who wants to go out in the pouring rain? Who wants to go out when it's cold? Who, I, I don't, not from a fleshly, a human standpoint. No more than Jesus wanted to die from a human standpoint. That's when you're not sowing in tears, man. It's not, not that you're, just, you're, you know, man, you're just bubbling over to go all the time. In the summer, it's, it gets hot. In the winter, it's cold. And all this, all that. But you go anyway. Now look what he said. They that sow in tears shall what? Reap in what? Joy, amen. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with? Bringing his sheaves with him. I can't tell you the times I've gone soul winning and being been down and just kind of blind my Christian life. But boy, I tell you, you get knocking on a few doors, handing out some tracks, trying to tell people about the Lord. Man, it just ignites joy in you, you see? Just kind of rekindles your own joy. I'm telling you tonight, it's important for us to go soul winning, not only for the sake of the person that we're uh, trying to win, it's important for us to go for our own sake. Friend, you ought to be a part of the regular soul in this church. If you don't, let me tell you something. Being a Christian is more than just coming to church. That's good. But go beyond that. Be out here when soul winning is, when the soul winning times are. And if it's for some reason you're hindered, maybe you work on that particular time, man, get, get a partner, get, ask pastors or somebody that can go at this time and go then, but go and go regularly, you see. It's your responsibility, and you'll get joy from it. Second thing that I have noted is answered prayer. Look at John chapter 16 and verse 24. There's, look, God never promised any joy from just praying, but he did promise joy from answered prayer. Now, I don't have time to go all into things we need to do. Of course, we need to pray in the will of God. Our hearts need to be right. We need to be asking for the right reason, this kind of thing. But God will answer prayer. And John chapter 16, verse 24 tells us that answered prayer is a source of joy. In John 16, verse 24, it says, Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name, now watch this, ask, and ye shall receive that your joy may be what? Full, amen. God says there's tremendous joy, full joy. I'm asking God, listen, for a specific thing and getting that specific thing. I don't think the average Christian has knows anything about that. 
And yet it ought to be the norm for us to ask God for specific, you know, and, 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 and so <laughs> the result is that our prayers, we don't even pray expecting God to do the thing. So we just pray in general. Bless the, the missionaries. What does bless mean? Now, I'm not saying that there's no value in that, but I'm saying we need to get our, our prayers to a specificness. That's why on the prayer sheet that I have out there, if you want to take one of those, uh, I'll be glad to have you pray for them. But listen, I have some, some, some specific requests. Don't just say, God bless Brother McCoy. I, I want you to ask God, Lord, fill him with the Holy Spirit. Lord, uh, 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 give him your wisdom. Uh, 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 you know, God, fill him with your knowledge. I got some specific requests. Bless the pastor. What does that mean? Man, God, fill the pastor with the Holy Spirit. God, guide the pastor. God, help the pastor in this. Help him. You understand what I'm saying? Specific prayers that we can see answers to. There's no joy in these general prayers that have no definite answer. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full, God says. And we can have answered prayer. We need to believe that again. I, I, I think that, that, that many, many Christians, many of God's people have stopped believing that God will answer specific prayers. He will, Christian. He will answer our specific prayers for specific needs and wants in our lives as long as they're right. And again, I don't have time to go all into it, but I want to tell you something. He's a loving father. He said, what son, or what father is there of you if his son asks bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will he give him a serpent? You know, come on. What kind of God do you think we have? He's a loving God. He wants to meet our needs. He wants to help us, you see. And we can ask him for things. And, and God will give us those good things, those right things, you see. And we'll experience tremendous joy as a result. Not only soul winning and answered prayer, uh, a source of joy, but also fellowship with God. Fellowship with God. Psalm 16, verse 11 says, Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. Did you get that? In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Listen, one sure source of joy, listen to me, is the quiet time you spend with God. Oh, Christian, if you're not getting up in the morning... And get him with God in, in some quiet place where, where, where you know, where, where it's quiet and you're not distracted, where you can read the Bible and pray and, and spend some time with God. Oh, Christian, you're missing out on a tremendous source of power and joy in your life. Get up in the morning. Get out of the bed. Don't let that old devil whisper in your ear. Oh, you're tired. You're so tired. You need another half hour sleep. He'll whisper it so sweet in your ear. And you say, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. You lay down that other half hour. You sleep away your devotion time. And you get up. And you know what? You're no more rested than you would have been if you'd have got up. And now you're no more rested. And you're cranky. And you're in the flesh. And you, and you're feeling guilt now because you know you should have been up and spending time with God. Oh, Christian, stop listening to the devil. Stop listening to your rotten flesh that'll lie to you. Man, your flesh will lie. It's the biggest liar you know, your own flesh. It'll tell you you need a little more sleep more than you need time with God. That's a lie. Man, get up. First of all, go to bed. If you can, go to bed at a decent hour. Man, get up at the time you're supposed to get up so you can spend some time with God. Read, you know, and you're not nodding and sleeping and all that kind of stuff, you know. Man, when you're awake and God can speak to you through his word, the Holy Spirit can minister grace to you, and then you can have time to pour out your heart to God. Oh, man. Ooh, son, tremendous joy in thy presence is fullness of joy in the presence of God. 
Do you realize that as Christians, listen to me, we have access into the very presence of God, into the very throne room where God dwells. You and I, mere human creatures, because of our wonderful Savior, Jesus Christ, who has made an entrance for us, made an entrance for us into that holy place through the veil that is his flesh. Man, because of that, we, we, we can walk right into the throne room of God and say, oh, God, oh, God. Oh, God, oh, God, help me to be my kind of teenager. God, help me to do what I'm supposed to do. Give me the wisdom I need for today. Anything the devil want to keep you from is that right there. He'll have you get up and turn that TV on, stop watching cartoons. Have you get up and pick up the newspaper. Have you get up and pick up some magazine or anything, friend. Keep you out of that Bible. Keep you out of that time with God. Tremendous joy. Fourthly, there's tremendous joy from the Holy Spirit himself. The Holy Spirit who dwells in you if you're saved is a, is a source of joy. You, you don't have to turn to it. Uh, some of you are marking verses. That's great. I hope you'll study these verses and go back and look at them. But Galatians 5 and verse 22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, and six others. Joy. Now listen to me. Fruit of the Spirit is joy. Not the fruit of Darcel McCoy. Not the fruit of the Brother Dupree. Is this right, Brother Dupree, isn't it? I thought so. Dupree. John. John. Yeah. Not the fruit of Brother Cedar. That is right, isn't it? Mi hermano. Mi hermano. Mi hermano. Whatever you said. Anyway. <laughs> See, I only know the Spanish I know. I don't know the Spanish if anybody says, I don't, I don't even know what I know. See, I have a couple of words. If you say anything, I don't know it. See, <laughs> but listen to me. Didn't say the fruit of Darcel McCoy. Didn't say for Mike. Is that your name? Didn't say the fruit of Mike is joy. Is that what you're talking about? You and I cannot produce fruit no more than we can produce. Anyway, you know, go out, stand out there in the, in the lawn and hold your arms out and start to produce that. You can't produce fruit. There are sources. I mean, uh, you can't produce the fruit of spirit. There are sources of joy, but it doesn't come from us. Holy Spirit will produce the fruit of the spirit. Spirit, you see. And then fourthly, the maintenance of joy. And the maintenance of joy. The meaning of joy and the need for joy. I wish I could get all M's, but I'm, I'm not smart like some people. The meaning of joy, the need for joy, and the source of joy, and the maintenance of joy. How many of you like that song? Uh, I've got joy down in my heart. Y'all know that song? Sing it with me. Come on. I've got joy down in
And I'm going to tell you something. I like that song, but it's not completely true. See, what are you talking about? It's not completely true. It is true that, that, that Jesus gives us joy. But it's not true that nothing can destroy it. Because something can destroy it. See? <laughs> but if you drive a car, let me, how many of you drive a car? All right, put your hand down. Is all you have to do is just put gas in it and drive? No. Every now and then you got to change the oil. Well, that, that's what Brother Dupree does, right? That's why his don't ever last. <laughs> no, no, you got to put gas in it for sure. But you also every now and then got to what? Change the oil. Every so often the tires, you got to put new tires on it. I mean, every now and then maybe a fan belt goes. You know, different thing. You got to lubricate it, different thing. What do you call that? Maintenance. You got to do the maintenance, you see. Or what, what will happen? The cars go down real quick. Hey, let me tell you something. Joy must be maintained. See? Oh, there are sources of it. The Holy Spirit will produce it. But if we don't maintain it, friends, it will not last. It must be maintained, you see, just like anything else. Now, what, what, what is it that destroys joy? The first thing I, I've already mentioned, I won't dwell on this, this laziness and slackness. Now, now, what are you talking about? Now, 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 think about it for a second. What are the sources of joy? Soul winning. Okay, I'm too lazy to go. I don't go. Then I don't get the joy that soul winning brings. What are the sources of joy? Uh, time with God. Okay, I'm too lazy. I don't get up, spend my time with God. Then I don't get the joy that that brings. Do you see how laziness or slackness will deplete your joy? You understand what I'm saying? Man, I'm supposed to read my Bible. Man, I don't feel like doing it, so I don't do it. Slackness, laziness, I don't do it. Then I don't get the joy that that brings. So something can destroy. Zephaniah chapter 3 and verse 16 says, In that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Fear thou not, and to Zion let not thine hands be slack. And I'm saying to you, church, let not your hands be slack, you see. Man, and when it's time to go soul winning, go. When it's time to read your Bible, read it. When it's time to pray, pray, you see. Man, alive. When it's time to uh, whatever it is, you see, don't be slack. Because slackness will cause us to lose our joy. But only that, sin, just sin, sin will cause us to lose our joy. Sin. You say, why does sin do it? Look at Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. And I'm just about done. I, I appreciate, boy, you folks are very patient. And uh, and I am just about at the end. Ephesians chapter 4. Look at Ephesians chapter 4. Let me show you something. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 23 says, And be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Now look at verse 30. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Now, 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 uh, understand this principle. Sin grieves the Holy Spirit. Now, who produces joy in our lives? Holy Spirit. Now, come on now. The Holy Spirit. Now, so if, if we grieve him through sin, then he then he's unable to produce that fruit. How can he? He's grieved. You, how many of you ever been grieved? Man, something grieved you. Boy, it just it just grieved you to your heart. Well, you're not going around all happy and joyful, are you? No, and neither is the Holy Spirit. See, when we sin, listen to me. He named some with steal or lying or corrupt communication. Could be gossip. Could be uh, talking about things we should have no business talking about. Corrupt communication, criticizing people, talking about all this kind of stuff. When we uh, anger, angry words, and all that, we grieve the Holy Spirit, and He cannot produce the fruit of joy in our lives. We've grieved Him, you see. 
Sin grieves the Holy Spirit. And so when we sin, listen to me, we don't lose our salvation. You can never lose that. But you lose what David lost when he sinned. Look at Psalm 51. And we'll end there. Psalm 51. We'll lose the same thing David lost when he sinned. Look at Psalm 51. In verse number 11, he says, Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Look at verse 12. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. Listen to me. What did David lose through his sin? What did he lose? Joy. He lost his joy. He was still saved. He had no joy. Man, he sat on that throne. That throne used to be so comfortable. Now it seemed like it had sticker bugs in it, man. Put on the same kingly clothes that fit him just right before, and they seemed to be so comfortable. Now it seemed like that there was, you know, the thing just didn't feel right. Nothing was right. The food didn't taste right. Nothing seemed to go right. Why? He had lost his joy. Listen to me, friends. He lost his joy through sin. And so will you and I. I want to tell you something. Listen to me good. Please listen to me. Please listen to me. You know, it, it, it would be so good if God would just fix us so we couldn't sin. Wouldn't that be good? If we were just fixed. So that we couldn't sin. Well, you know, and, and I thought about it, you know, with, with, uh, I, I tell you what gave me the, the, the thought, you know, we got a cat. And, uh, you know, I thought, and, uh, you know, like cats and dogs, you know, if you want to, you know, you, you get them fixed. And once you get them fixed, they can't reproduce, you know, then you don't have the problems and all that stuff, you know. Well, I got cats hanging around my door and all this kind of stuff. Why? Because, you know, this cat ain't been fixed, man. And, and the thought just hit me so, you know, so suddenly. Man, if this cat had been fixed, I would, it would have nothing to worry about. And I thought, man, what if we were fixed so we couldn't sin? It wouldn't be any problem. wouldn't be any problem. But God hasn't fixed us that way. But listen to me, friends. God has fixed us so that we cannot sin and still have joy. Do you hear me tonight? Oh, you're saved. You, you can sin. You can do stuff and hide it and think, well, the pastor don't know this person. Don't know. God knows and you know. And when you sin, friend, and you haven't dealt with it, you will not have joy. God's fixed us that way. Now listen to me. We can get the joy back, though. Same way David got it back. Say how? Repent. You see, David... Got to the place where sin became so grievous, it, it broke him, friends. And he began to pray and repent in brokenhearted prayer. And through repentance and turning back to God, he got his joy back. You see, he says, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. And then he says, then will I teach transgressors thy ways and sinners shall be converted unto thee. And he goes on and on. What's you know, what's the cure? Repent! Man, you've sinned against God, Christian. Repent! Get it right. And God will give you the joy back. We may not come back in a second. I found in my experience, and then when I've backslidden and gotten, you know, gotten dry and away from God, I come to the altar. Man, it doesn't all come back just like that. And you know what? It's probably good it doesn't. Maybe we just think we can just go out and sin and do things and then just come to the altar and all of a sudden it's just done. No, there may be days of guilt and even after you've confessed it. That's probably good for us because God wants us to remember and think and, and grieve over it, friends, so that we'll be sick of it. See, I'm saying tonight, maybe you have sinned against God and lost your joy. I'm saying to you tonight that you need to come to the altar, but I'm saying you may not jump up off the altar and, woo, I got my joy back. But I'm saying, friends, you ought to take the first step. 
come to the altar and say, oh, God, I've sinned in this area. God, I've sinned and I've just, I've been lazy in my devotion. God, I've sinned. I've been slack. God, I've sinned. I, I, I've not been a soul winner. God, I've sinned in this area. Now I'm saying, and you get up in the morning, you pray again. And then you pray through the day. It's Sunday morning, hit the altar again. I'm saying, you just go and go and pray and seek and see. And I'm saying, friends, God will give you the joy back. You got to keep going. You got to be determined, you see. Huh? Oh, it's forgiving, just like that. Yeah. I'm not saying it's not forgiving. But I'm saying you may not feel the effects of it right away. And I think sometimes Christians give up. Don't give up. You seek God. You go after him. Let your heart pan after him as the heart panteth after the water books, you see. Get thirsty for God. I'll pour out my spirit on him that is thirsty, you see. It floods upon the dry ground. Then get a heart that's seeking God again. He'll give you the, see, joy will just be one of the byproducts, you see. Just get seeking God again. Do you have joy? Do you have joy? It's yours. You ought to have it. Let's bow our heads.